0: You're listening to the Fluid Fan Podcast, brought to you by Sports Innovation Lab.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back officially to the Fluid Fan Podcast. I know it's been a while. You've been dying to hear the Fluid Fan. You've been dying to learn about the Fluid Fan. We're back. So I'm Angela Ruggiero, CEO and co-founder of Sports Innovation Lab. I am the co-host of this podcast now. You'll hear new voice on the mic shortly, but we're 70 episodes in. Really, we've always focused on teaching you, sharing the insights that we understand around how technology is changing fan behavior. We get to hear about it every day, and so this podcast, the Fluid Fan Podcast, is really about enabling the industry to be better versions of themselves to hopefully lean some insight into the technology, into the operations. What's it like to be an executive? What are you working on? So hopefully you've enjoyed the show to date. If you've been listening, I'm sending you a little love. Thank you. Keep it coming. Keep listening. Keep liking us. Keep starring us. But with that being said, we took a little break, really thought about what is it that resonates the most? And certainly we're one of the few, if only groups that just focus on the technology, just focus on the fan, that consumer. But I thought what we were missing is a little bit of the humanity of the people behind these products, the people and their stories. And so we're going to continue on this podcast to talk about how to make better decisions with data, with technology to, again, drive that innovation strategy across the board. But we're going to go a little deeper now with the people themselves, the storytelling, and hopefully you'll like the new angle that we're taking with the Fluid Fan Podcast. So we know that Fluid Fans are passionate about the stories that go beyond just the field of play. And so we're going to unpack those stories with my guests throughout the Fluid Fan 2.0 podcast. So again, thanks for being here. Another change that you'll see on this podcast is I'm going to bring in my producer, Jack Barlow, who's going to play a little bit more of an active role in helping me tee up what we're talking about and summarize the rest of the podcast. So he's usually working his magic behind the mic, but now he'll be, uh, you'll get to hear his voice and hear his insights. So uh, Jack, thanks for coming on.
0: Yeah, Angela, thank you. Really excited to take on this bigger role. Obviously have loved working with you on this show. I think we're you know three years together now. And so I've been editing and mastering and dealing with all the behind the scenes stuff. But we're now going to get to hear my voice and a little bit more of active role. So really excited to be here. Yeah.
1: And uh, I can't believe it's been that long. Geez, three years. We're old. I remember our first interview was with Will Ahmed, the CEO and founder of Whoop. We were experimenting with technology. I'd just been on his pod. He brought me on, but we brought him onto ours. So it's crazy how far we've come in, in a short period of time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think back to that little room in the WeWork, what we used to record was a little handheld microphone, and now we are both equipped with 4K cameras, we got ring lights, we have studio microphones, we have up to the production value, and uh, we've come a long way, and so has Whoop, so maybe we need to get Will back on the show soon.
1: They they're, they hit the billion territory in their valuation, so he's, he's come quite the ways uh, in three years, which is awesome. Super proud of Will. So I'm super excited to have you on, Jack. And to be joining us in this Fluid Fan 2.0, our next, our first kickoff, uh, is someone that we also have been working with for quite some time. Abe Stein, uh, who we brought in today, uh, is going to give us an in-depth look at one of our foundational pieces of research, the top 25 most innovative teams in the world report for 2022. It's the second year we've done it. If you haven't already downloaded, it might be helpful. Go to mostinnovative.com, mostinnovative.com. You can download it there. It might be beneficial. Pause on our amazing podcast. Read or skim just so you can really get understanding of the methodology and the scoring system and see who hit the list because we're going to dive into that in this recording.
0: Yeah, I encourage everyone to go do so. There's some great visuals in there as well that really helps represent the data behind this report. It's been a great kickoff so far to this release of the report. You know, we really dove deep into the analysis of the market. We had 231 teams across the top 10 revenue grossing leagues in the world. We've seen 11 new teams make the list from last year. We had seven teams improve their rankings. So we've seen a little bit of movement and, you know, we had a new team atop the rankings this year. Yeah.
1: Who doesn't love to be on top? I mean, everyone's, (laughs) it is the sports industry. We, we know one thing, everyone's crazy competitive, not just on the field, but off the field. And uh, so drum roll, we, we talk about it in this pod, but FC Barcelona, just to kind of cut through it, the Spanish soccer club from Oliga score the highest in our rankings this year. La Liga is crushing it, obviously with that top spot, but FC Barcelona, uh, again, coming in first, very close for second, by the way, we won't tell you who gets there, but again, Abe Stein will come in, get in the weeds and tell you why Barca scored so highly in our three main pillars of innovation. So excited for Barca.
0: Yeah. I mean, they obviously put in a lot of work this year. We studied them extensively. There may be a close competitor to theirs coming in right hot on their heels. So stay tuned to hear about who came in second place there. But uh, yeah, again, big props to them. Congrats to the the whole list of teams as well. But really, really impressed with the innovative efforts and partnerships Barcelona developed this year to, to land them that top spot.
1: Yeah. And again, uh, congratulations to FC Barcelona for achieving that top ranking. No small feat. As Jackie mentioned, 231 teams at the top 10 revenue grossing leagues in the world. We analyzed with data. We'll get into what that looks like. Lots of innovative practices across all the top 25 teams um, that we'll, we'll discuss on this interview. But a lot to unpack here because, again, at Sports Innovation Lab, We think about innovation every single day. We advise our clients across the globe, not just the teams, but the brands, the media properties, the investors, again, anyone that has a piece of technology that's moving it into sports, we're we're covering the whole ecosystem. So as we broke apart innovation, we had the benefit of sitting in the middle of that ecosystem and really trying to understand not just from the team's perspective, but these technologies and that enabled us, again, I think, to, um, to score and have a methodology to understand like what does innovation mean from a culture perspective, but also from a, a technology and investment perspective. So without further ado, Jack, we should get into it. Yeah, let's go. Dive right on in. Top 25 with Abe Stein. All right. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a while. I know we just had a prelude to our first podcast. We're back in roaring fashion with our top 25 most innovative teams in the world report so excited to be here with sports innovation labs head of innovation abe sign abe welcome to the podcast
2: thanks Ange. i feel like uh i feel like a show opener here this is exciting i, I get to kind of lead the charge here with uh <laughs> with the return of the podcast very very excited to be back uh Back here chatting with you.
1: Is there a theme, Return of the Pod? Yeah, return got? of
2: the Pod, yeah. It's, it's, it's a Star pod. Wars yeah. <laughs> yeah. thing. We'll have to write the... that one, we'll have to write that one. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, Return of the Pod with groundbreaking research. Um, Truly,
0: yeah. We've
1: gotten so much traction since we released this report about a week ago now. It's it's hot off the press. It's our mm-hmm. second annual time doing this. It's we We said last year to the market, we're gonna do this year after year. We're going to refine our methodology, but we're also going to see how there's movement in the market. Teams are doing things differently. So, walk us through as head of innovation. You had a big hand in uh, in helping us craft the final output for the top 25 most innovative teams in the world. Give us a little bit of sense of why this is so important, high level, mm. before we go into like what it is. But what, you know, theme wise, Sports Innovation Lab is about innovation. We're about you know, changing strategy, changing hearts and minds, innovating to make the industry a better version of itself. Why is rethinking your business model, rethinking how you do business? Why is that so important as someone that thinks about it every single day?
2: Yeah, no, it's such a, it's such an important point, uh, Angela. And, you know, I think back, we've been at this, you know, since the start of this company for a long time now, you know, and I think back to some of the earliest conversations we had when things were just getting started for Sports Innovation Lab. And we were, we were thinking about what does innovation mean, right? What does it mean to be innovative in the sports industry? How is it more than just a technological story, right? How is it about business operations? How is it about business strategy? How is it about decision-making and prioritization? And we were talking to executives across the sports ecosystem asking them the question saying what what does innovation mean to you and you know I, I, I jokingly have said as I talk about this report that it was the answers that we got that led us to where we are today where we are doing the top 25 most innovative report because it wasn't that the answers were wrong or, or bad in any way it was just they usually amounted to the kind of cliche of well if it, if it quacks like a duck if it walks like a duck it, it must be a duck and for us you know we're we're data scientists, we're researchers, that's never good enough, right? And so it's not enough to just say you know it when you see it. Yeah. Um, because also, you can't you can't grow, you can't improve if you can't yeah. measure it. So we had this desire, you know, years ago, five plus years ago, to define innovation, so that we could measure it, and so that we could give strategic guidance to the industry. And, and the output of that is what we've had over the past couple of years, which is our ability to quantitatively measure uh, how teams are innovating in the sports industry, evaluate them against each other. And like you said, track it, you know, longitudinally, you know, see how it's changing over time, see how Mm -hmm. it's evolving and improving. And and this gives us so much intelligence to help guide clients and help support them in terms of thinking about how they prioritize their business, how they look at who's succeeding uh, and where the white space is for innovation. It's been really, it's been really great. And we're really, really proud of the work.
1: No, I'm super proud as CEO uh, of this work. It's it's again, I think hopefully helping the industry, whether you're a client or not, just reading it and understanding the methodology. If you stripped away traditional revenue streams, which is what we did, we took away sponsorship, linear meteorites, ticketing, kind of the usual, it'd be a very different list, by the mm-hmm. way, if we included mm-hmm. those. The NFL would crush it, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but But this report is about stripping away the almost base case for what you should be doing as a business and really focusing then on growth opportunities long-term growth enterprise value it's not just sort of what i should be doing today it's what i should be doing for tomorrow
2: yeah absolutely And, and not only not only what you know decisions do you make which is a critical part of what we look at in terms of how they are empowering the way that evolving you know digital fluid sports fans want to engage with sports It's also about how nimble can you be? Uh, how agile can you be as an organization? You know, the, the one truth about innovation and technology is that it goes faster than any of us can mm-hmm. react to or respond to. And if you're caught on your heels, if you're flat-footed as a business, you you, you can't possibly expect to succeed uh, in the tech and innovation sector. And so it has to do with how you build your business. Are yeah. you paying attention to data? Are you paying yeah. attention to the important considerations of diversity and diverse voices yeah. and perspectives in your in your business? Yeah.
1: All right, so we're going to get into our actual method, mm-hmm. um, but I want to first touch on my foreword, which we we discuss in this company all the time and with our clients, which is know the difference between pain and discomfort. Give a shout out to Mike Boyle, my strength coach, who taught me that (laughs) when I was an Olympic athlete, he's like, is it pain? Is it hurt? Like something could be broken. Stop. Mm. Is it discomfort? Keep pushing. That's where growth happens, right? Tell me why that resonated so much with you and, and broadly how we think about it's painful to innovate. But that's what you want. You want to feel that pain.
2: That's right. It's so, I mean, Angela, I've learned so much from you over the times that we've been working together. You know, I got to say, you know, when you told us this story at a team summit that we were having, it hit so hard um, because it was such a perfect metaphor for how organizations need to think about pushing against the status quo, about the discomfort of you know, moving outside of what's uh, easy or what's right there for you to take as a, as a business. Um, and that is, that is at the heart of innovation. Innovation doesn't come without risk. There is no, there is no risk-proof approach to innovation. You have to, you have to embrace risk, but it's also about how you grow and how you learn from it. Because if you take a risk and if something fails and you just, you know, rip it up and throw it out and say, well, that didn't work, mm-hmm. sucks, let's move on to what el- whatever's next. Then, then you're not growing, and you're not developing, and you're not evolving. Yeah. And so, you know, it it resonated so hard, and I'm so glad you wrote that for the for the forward for this uh, year's version of the report. Uh, you know, I think last year's version it was an announcement party. It was look, we have done this mm-hmm. right, and then caught a lot caught a lot of teams off guard. Had a lot of very interesting conversations with teams that were not happy <laughs> with where they were. We're continuing to have some of those this year as well too. You know, this year we get to really hit the point and, and, and make the point that it's about how you grow and yep. about how you how you evolve your business and yep. set yourself up to succeed for the, for the long term. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's and, a- and always
1: remember when you're in the weight room, you're literally tearing your muscle mm-hmm. fibers so they build themselves back stronger. <laughs> That's like right. pain is sometimes our discomfort is sometimes the best thing don't pay right. pain is bad, pain is Le- bad. learn from yeah. pain <laughs> yeah push push into discomfort all right so i want to move into the methodology of the report before we dive into uh and unveil the winners you've all read mm-hmm. the winners at this point hopefully you've download it sports Lab um yeah, go most innovative it. go get it um all right so the methodology we've we've said look if you strip away these traditional revenue streams what are the most important elements again we help the entire industry some from brands to properties, technology, we work with investors, and we've really tried to hone in on what are the three core areas of focus? If you're gonna innovate your business, you need to think about revenue diversification. So what are the new channels you're gonna be driving revenue through? And that's touch points with the consumer, the fan. Tech enablement, right? How, What are you investing in the right technology that focuses on the core fan behaviors that we think drive um, long-term value, long- term engagement. and this t- this piece you already sort of touch on organizational mm. agility, how are you staffed and how are you investing? and how do you how are you able to be nimble and evolve as an organization? So walk us through um, Abe, the methodology for the report. what What's the research method here?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, Uh, you hit the nail on the head. We've got three core metrics that are uh, independently weighted and independently calculated that wrap up into the overall team score that allows us to arrive at our top 25 ranking. We focused on the top 10 revenue grossing leagues uh, in the world. That is Uh, by necessity for us because we needed to, at this stage, constrain the data collection. We needed to constrain the data collection in such a way where it was uh, a manageable amount of information for us to be able to analyze and compute the scores in the way we're doing. We have big plans to continue to evolve this method so that we're not just focusing on those, but we needed to set a threshold. And so we decided that we would, we would stick with the top 10 revenue grossing leagues, which is an important uh, out front distinction to make. What that means also as well is that we have, we are reporting and publishing in the report that you've got the top 25 teams, but we have over 200 teams that we've Analyzed and scored uh, across these three metrics and the and the overall team. And, and score. that's
1: important. So again, top top ten revenue grossings, There's a lot of innovation happening in other leagues. Just of course, as a caveat. But like we've got data on 231 teams underneath this, which is super fascinating. So if you're one of those teams and you're interested us because mm. we, we know what you're doing or what you're not doing.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's true, it's true So because we're scoring, we're scoring everyone in those top 10 revenue grossing leagues. And we're doing it across three metrics and I'll walk through uh, all three. The first one is called revenue diversification mm-hmm. and you're absolutely right. This maps to business and revenue and how businesses are moving beyond the four traditional revenue streams that have uh, bolstered and supported sports for really the entire modern era of, of professionalized sports and that is merchandising, Media rights, gate or ticket revenue, uh, and sponsorship. Right, those are the big. Those are the big buckets. Those are the big streams. So we look at how are teams evolving their businesses, and maybe they're going direct to consumer in some instances. Maybe they're developing their own media channels and their own media platforms. Right? How are they evolving beyond those four traditional uh, streams? Give us a a
1: couple of examples. Sure,
2: sure, sure. So owned owned OTT is a great example of that. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, You know, figuring out that. Uh, while media rights is still a massive piece of the revenue puzzle, if they can develop some of their own media and go direct to consumer and have some live service business models via OTT, so whether it's something like Barca TV, right, or some of the work that Monumental Sports Entertainment has done around owned OTT channels, that is a, a great example. Tokenization is another one that we pay really close attention to, right? Are there opportunities that are being developed through, uh, you know, uh, blockchain technology and ownership rights um, that that are afforded to to that give them a, a stake. And it, it doesn't always succeed. But again, in the spirit of innovation and experimentation, um, these teams that are that are experimenting in that space are looking for ways to protect themselves in the event that the four traditional revenue streams start to feel some threatening. Uh, and I, I, that's a big part of what we've said in a lot of our research is that there is a threat to these four traditional revenue streams and the innovative teams need to, to look beyond, uh, beyond that. And, yeah, and you, we're ways. not
1: saying don't, Invest in ticket sales and no. linear media.
2: <laughs> you still got to. You yeah. still got to do
1: that. Just to be clear, but this is stripping out the the channel opportunities of the future and of today. Mm-hmm. Um, and your point about OTT, I love because it's it's good for revenue diversification. But it's another touch point with the fan, which Absolutely. we think is really important as fans are. How do we get fans in the funnel? You're driving revenue, but you're driving that catch all engagement term yeah. as well.
2: Yeah, it's okay. a terrific, a terrific point and a terrific segue into the second metric, right? Mm-hmm. So, if the first metric, revenue diversification, maps to revenue, our second metric uh, maps to the changes in consumer behavior uh, and the way that fans are seeking to engage with sports in new and evolving and emerging ways. Something that we've written about extensively through our Fluid Fan research and and New Age of Sports research reports that have that have come out. Um, and so we believe that we believe that fans are. Uh, interested, and especially through digital platforms and digital channels, interested in engaging and interacting with sports and sports teams and the players and the athletes in new, new and exciting ways, right? So we are looking at how teams are leveraging their technology partnerships to enable fans to do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the greatest examples, and I'll bring it up because we're reporting, recording a podcast right now. I am a voracious podcast listener i mean all the time uh driving you know working when i'm you know head down typing or whatever i just i constantly have a stream of of podcasts you know pumped into my ears i'm not alone uh you know we've seen a we've seen a resurgence of podcasts we track the extent to which teams are leaning into the ability for fans to listen um you know it's it's a major component of the the media ecosystem and not all teams are doing it
1: yeah yeah last year i think if i remember we were big on hey if you have social channels are they in spanish are they in multi-language like just simply take your same content put it in a new language you're saying here put it in a medium put it in uh, the listening format versus the viewing format and like something simple plausibly simple like that can actually drive more fans into your funnel and that's tech enabled back to your back to the score
2: yeah it is and it's not even necessarily complicated technology right Mm -hmm. recording a podcast doesn't need to be difficult right but it is uh, it is a part of the system. Um, we also look at you know to this end, we look at the way that teams are encouraging and empowering and enabling their fans to be creative, to make their own content. You know mm-hmm. we've been big on the fact that uh, the creator economy is a, is an is a big part of the business ecosystem now. Um, if you treat your fans just like an audience and don't empower them to be a part of the content creation story, you're missing out. So we look at the technology partnerships that teams have whether it's with, you know, Adobe, Adobe Creative Suite or Canva or any of the other platforms out there that are enabling creation. And it's not just technology partnerships it's how are they flexible with their ip how are they encouraging their fans uh to be creative sharing Mm -hmm. what their fans create right so those are just two examples of the kinds of behaviors you know some of the others are are they facilitating frictionless experiences for fans that want to show up at games so right so how do you make the ticket revenue stream which you know is still an important one how do you make that stronger how do you make that even better Mm by, you know, leveraging technology, whether it's through a mobile app or through contactless payment, you know, different formats like that. So this is really where we hone in on, on the various forms of technology that are being leveraged by teams.
1: Which again, could be a cost center, but could Mm -hmm. also be a revenue driver. But at the end of the day, our engagement channels Mm -hmm. um, that whether you're at home or at the venue, enable you to lean into these behaviors we talk about all the time and partner with the companies that can do it. So that's really what we were looking for. I think here is the the partnerships that they're striking, not just slapping a logo on the wall, but you mentioned Adobe, don't just write me a check, but like enable my fans to Mm -hmm. create, and that's going to create more loyalty, more lifetime value, more interest in my team or my league.
2: Yeah. And in, in, you know, with sports, which is entertainment and an attention economy, if you don't afford your fans the opportunity to do this with you, yeah. they're going to go do it somewhere else. I'm you so know, nice. co- take co-watching. You know, if if there's the choice between co-watching a sporting event or co-watching a Netflix movie, or or, or let me take that back. If there's only the option to co-watch a Netflix movie and you can't watch a sporting event, guess what? They'll watch the Netflix movie with their friend because they want to spend time with that friend who can't be in the room with them, yeah, right? Yeah. And so you really just have to meet the fans where they are. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's it's as simple as that.
1: The communities, as we yeah, say. that for sure. Figure out where these communities are. And tech is a big enabler of it. So it so again, revenue diversification, yep. tech enablement, enablement. And this last the piece one. is agility organizational yeah. agility i love this one because it's more about the culture and how you're it structured is. and it is nothing to do with tech we're we understand tech better than anyone in the industry i would argue but this is like no we're going to score you and give you credit if you're structured the right way you have the right people on the team you're you're diverse you're you, you can understand at the end of the day what the fans want and build something for them. So tell me about organizational agility. I love this piece. We're waiting yeah, it now this year because exactly. um, it's so important to me. I'm like, you can't have a plan and be investing without the people. This is the right. people pillar
2: absolutely. No, it totally is. And, and, you know, we're really proud this year that we have incorporated this, you know, last year we were tracking organizational agility for all of the teams that we were evaluating. Um, But we were still building that metric out. We were still developing that method. And so we weren't confident enough yet to incorporate that in the overall team score that would lead us to our rankings Um, this year, because of the hard work of our team and all of the analysts on our team and the, the work that we've done, we have the confidence in the organizational agility score and we've incorporated it into the overall team score. And you're absolutely right. This is about, this is about being nimble. This is about how do you staff? This is, this is the people pillar. This is, um, are you structured to manage and and to make decisions based off of business intelligence, right? Do you have a business, a dedicated business intelligence team? Are you diverse in your executive team? We believe, and this is us putting a, a, a flag in the ground. You know, we're saying that, in order to reach uh, new and uh, emerging fan communities, you need to have diverse thought. You need to have diverse perspective and you need to have a front office that resembles your fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, you absolutely do. And so we, we look into that as well too. We look into whether or not you uh, support incubator or accelerator programs. We look at to how you're engaging with your uh, local geographic communities and how you're engaging with your digital communities. So really this is about how do you stay nimble how do you stay responsive? Uh, because as we said earlier, you know, technology moves really quickly. You will absolutely be caught you know, caught off guard if you aren't set up to react and to respond to it. Yeah. Um, and, and actually to be proactive. Uh, how can you see what's coming before it hits? Mm-hmm. That's about building the right team uh, and building the right processes. And yeah. so that's, that's what organizational agility is all about.
1: Again, I, I love this pillar again, and kudos to you and, your, and all the analysts on the hard work to, to, to quantify this, because this is all data. Down to the decimal point in some cases, yeah. the team moved over the other. Uh, but this organizational agility piece to me is such a foundational part of the equation. We talk a ton about tech, oh, NFTs, VRA, you know, like we're, there's a lot of shiny new objects. We don't have mm-hmm. the team and the processes. And, and to your point, access to new, fresh thinking that reflects your fan base, that is diverse, right. that is inclusive, that covers all geographies. I mean, y- you know, it's a big miss. So, I love that we were able to quantify that this year integrated in again for the listeners, read the report, ping us. If you want to learn more, we're happy to dive you through. We've uh, you know, we can help you figure out where you are on the list. If you didn't make the top 25 you're somewhere, but Abe drum roll, please.
2: Sure. (laughs) (laughs)
1: All right. If If you haven't read the report, who's number one on the list. Tell me, tell me who made it and why.
2: Yeah. So number one on the list is uh, Barcelona Football Club uh, mm-hmm. out of Spain. Uh, exactly. in La Liga. So, you know, one of the things, uh, of course, Barcelona has done some incredible things. You know, they deserve a lot of credit for some of it. And it, it's across all of the vectors that we've uh, looked at, all of the, the different metrics, excuse me, that we've looked at. And so, you know, whether it is the support for an esports team that Barcelona has done, the support for their women's team that they've done, we already mentioned their Barca TV by the uh, way, they
1: hosted two weekends in a row. I'm just gonna shout out the women's mm. club. Two weekends in a row, over 90,000 people in their venue for the women's mm. club. Just, gonna, just saying, that's a channel people yeah. miss sometimes. It and is. and and the NFL. Anyone that's listening from the NFL or NHL, you miss you missed out. You don't have an esports team. You don't have a women's team. There's other ways you bring fans into your. Your funnel. Uh, so Barca, I just giving a shout because yeah. it happened recently.
2: <laughs> Absolutely right. Um, they have a pretty uh, exciting and innovative digital membership program. Um, you know, one of the structures that is part of the history of Barcelona too is the the distributed ownership uh, approach that's been taken since it's a, a you know a very old uh, European uh, soccer club, uh, sporting club really. Um, and so. You know they have approaches to that as well that are that are part of the the factors in here. Social channels in over nine languages, you know, which is impressive. They also have the Barça Innovation Hub, which provides not only educational programs for you know diplomas in, in football and football career skills, um, but also uh, seeds and and looks at opportunities to grow uh, the startup community uh, around sports as well. So you know through the conferences and the educational programs they do, but then also through the um, the uh, support of startups, um, there's a lot of really great work that's happening there. Um, So, you know, it's a, it's a broad mix that, that feeds into, you know, Barca, you know, rising up to, to the top here. It makes a compelling story for sure that hot on their heels uh, are their, are their rivals, Real Madrid um, right behind them. And, you know, it's, we've said whenever we're talking about it, it's crowded at the top, you know, the scores are, the scores are close here. You know, it's about 30 points or so um, that separate, um you know out of a thousand that separate barcelona and real madrid here uh at the top and so it's of course just exciting for us to see that uh you know those two those two uh, historic rivals ended up at the uh at the top of the table for us
1: yeah and again barcelona real madrid arsenal came in at three man city Mm -hmm. at four uh the philadelphia 76ers in the nba first uh you know nba team on the list Tell me about the leagues though. So you've got your top 25, um, super interesting. Give us the breakdown from league to league, who had the most, who's technically, if we had, we could rank a league right now, we might actually put out a report on this and why this is so important because some leagues enable innovation by how they're structured and others prevent it in some cases. And, Mm -hmm. And that might be okay because again, the way that they're structured, they're able to aggregate rights and and do certain things and sell from the top. But but walk us through league to league, who did the best, who 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 should we be paying attention to, but also the dynamics of those leagues and the impact then on the individual team scores.
2: Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I mean love to love to talk through all that. And it, it really is, it's a big subject that we cover in the in the full report is this topic of governance. And the balance that you strike between the independence and autonomy that a team might have to explore technology partnerships or to build new revenue streams versus a more top-down model where a league might say, no, we are going to be doing this on behalf of all the teams. We're going to be exploring these partnerships on behalf of all teams. And to be very clear we don't we don't have a strong opinion or a strong judgment yet as to which of those strategies is best we do say that it is of critical importance that the teams and the leagues be thinking about this right that they need to be beyond just the paycheck that may be coming in but from an innovation perspective thinking about is this an opportunity where we should let our teams be free to explore? Or is this an opportunity where we can be supportive as a, as a league entity and explore some of these opportunities on behalf of our teams? I mean, so to your point, you know, at first blush, when you look at the top 25, what you see is a lot of European football teams. You know, the feeling behind this is that historically they tend to have a lot of autonomy because they're they're particularly old. In fact, many of them are significantly older than the leagues that they even compete in in the first place, right? And so as a part of just their history, they have baked in that that autonomy and that freedom to be be exploring uh, various opportunities associated with innovation. Where it gets interesting, and this was really exciting for us, I I mean, I can remember when our analysts were starting to look at the numbers and and uncover this, and we were doing this as a team, is that when you look at the league-to-league breakdown across the over 200 teams that we've looked at, it tells a slightly different story, right? And so take La Liga, for example, though they have the top two positions, they are seventh in terms of overall league score when you average the score of all of the teams in in La Liga right and so it tells a little bit of a different story they're top Mm -hmm. heavy they've got two teams who are one and two but then uh you know the rest of the league may be Mm -hmm. be wanting the support of la liga in terms of pushing innovation on behalf of the teams and 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 helping them out
1: versus bundesliga who's number one yes their first their first team on the list is number 12
2: exactly right exactly right i I think think
1: that's super interesting yeah tell us tell us
2: more Exactly right. And I think, you know, what we know, we know, we know DFL Bundesliga quite well, and they do a lot of centralized innovation effort, especially around media innovation um, and partnerships with AWS and beyond and actually partnerships around uh, 5G and Wi-Fi 6 um, innovations, you know, so it is. Those are two really compelling stories, and I'd say too. You know, it's it's easy. People will look at this, and like you said, you know, it might be easy to say maybe dunk on the NFL and say like, oh, you know, like um, what is it? the Seahawks are at uh, 18, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's the highest team that they've got. And yet, when we looked at the numbers, the NFL did well. Um, the NFL uh, was third when you look at the league by league averages. And so it, it does. It just tells a different and and compelling story. And this for me, and this you can I probably hear the excitement in my voice. This is where as a researcher, this, this is what I care about. Rankings are great. Sports are competitive and people love competition. You know, the teams love to engage with us on this, of course, because we're, we're creating a ranking. This is this is intelligence, though. This is the power of analysis and data that allows us to unpack and and uh, you know, like they say about good research, it doesn't answer questions so much as it opens up new questions, right? And so, like when we looked at the lead comparison, it raised questions about, yeah, what is the approach, the right approach to governance? And there's no there's no silver bullet. There's no perfect answer. Yeah. These are important strategic discussions. Yeah. So it's it's exciting.
1: So underneath the data is strategy is what I'm hearing. Um, That's what we're strategists at the end of the day. We help with innovation strategy. Data is always gonna be a part of that equation. We may put out a league ranking. We have sort of who did the best in the report, but to this analysis point, we're working on it. Uh, But I wanna touch on that business decisions here. So Mm. at the end of the day, if you're reading this report and again, it's a high level overview, you got some of the listings, We got hundreds of teams. It's the analysis underneath. I have clients or decision makers in these clubs pinging me all the time now saying, how do we move? How do we not just like, yes, I want to be at the top of the list. Cause we're all competitive. Like we all mm. want to be one, like number two is pretty good in this list, but like everyone wants to be number one. So it's not just how do we move, but like those that get it are like, what are the strategies in place to help us move. And I'd love to hear from you, Abe, on this piece of it, the, the, the competitive intelligence that exists in this report. Mm. Um, how, if you're reading this and you work on a team, like how should you approach overall the recommendations we have in the report?
2: Yeah, so there's a few ways to do it. I mean, one of the things that we've said is what this data gives us and what this intelligence gives us on a team-by-team basis is, is the equivalent of like a, a, a fingerprint Right? Um, we, have, we have a snapshot, a view into what the makeup of a team looks like from an innovation perspective. That's tremendously powerful on a team-by-team basis from a competitive intelligence standpoint, and not just in terms of um, you know, teams that might be competing for the same fan bases. There might be a team that is of a similar size in a completely different sport, in a completely different region in the world, right? But because they have similarities to you, because the fingerprint is similar, because it looks the same, there's learnings there, right? Mm-hmm. And so you could you could take a team that might be competing in Ligue 1 in France, if you're a, a NHL team, and say, I like what they're doing. I like those partnerships that they're, I like that the approaches that they're taking. I look at their tech enablement scores and it's interesting to me that they are pushing so hard on, you know, the ability for their fans to create or the ability of their fans to uh, access their players, right, through, through social media or through new platforms. And, and maybe, that's some, maybe that's an area as a team that I could push on. So for teams, that's tremendously powerful. For the vendors, right, for the people who are selling into this market, this is a robust set of intelligence that should be feeding into your CRM. I mean, for goodness sakes, if you have the power to be able to sell to all of the teams in the top 10 revenue grossing leagues all at once, all the more power to you. I'm impressed. But the rest, you know, the rest of the world has to prioritize. And so, you know, you have to have decisions and you have to have intelligence to back that up, not just handshakes and, and, and who you know. And so, you know, this is just a, a powerful set of intelligence for the industry that might be looking to partner, to give a, to give a really fine, you know, point on that. One bit of analysis that we did that was really exciting was we looked at all of the uh, tech enablement scores for all of the teams that we analyzed, over 200 teams. And what we found was that the lowest behavior that was being supported, that scored the least amongst all of the teams was was participate, which is a behavior that is about how teams are empowering fans to use digital platforms and technologies to uh, participate in activations with with their partners and their sponsors. Right? I mean, it seems like a, it seems like a, a no brainer. It seems mm-hmm. like something that the sports industry should be absolutely crushing. And yep. yet it was the lowest score, uh, in our, in our platform across, mm-hmm. across all 10, 10 revenue grossing leagues. Mm-hmm. And so that's powerful intelligence. Listen, if I was in the fan activation, you know, business, uh, as a technology, I for sure would want to know that. And I'd want to know who's doing well, and I'd want to know who's not. And I would bring that with me, uh, to my sales yeah. conversations with them. So.
1: All right. Well, we have all that data. If you're interested, Let us know a lot of analysis. It's strategy. Final shout out for me to Barcelona. Again, congratulations. Number one in La Liga, Mm -hmm. you know, just keep doing what you're doing. They also scored, they tied for the top score with Real Madrid on revenue diversification. Want to give a shout out to the Golden State Warriors who technically had the highest score in our Tech enablement, and wouldn't be surprised, they're based in San Fran and for for their ownership group. Yes, congratulations with the NBA. Golden State Warriors owning that category. And this organizational agility pillar, shout out to the Philadelphia 76ers, who I know have Mm -hmm. been doing a lot there in terms of diversifying who they are and way they're touching fans, and how they're structured as an organization. So those little behind the curtain look at those three revenue streams, but any closing words, Abe? Um, again, this, this report, we'll, we'll come out with a new one. We're refining our methodology. Again, closing remarks on the top 25 most innovative teams in the world.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm closing remarks. Just we're, we're super proud of the report. Of course, uh, you know, proud of the, the hard work from our whole team, you know, to, to grow this. And it was a, it was a massive team effort on behalf of our whole team. And I think what I'd say to, to everyone listening to this is, uh, this stuff matters. It really does. The competition economy, uh, or the attention economy and the competition they're in is, is very real. You know, fans are, are, and especially younger fans are finding their entertainment in a, a whole boatload of new places. Um, and, uh, this work, this work, uh, this work, these teams are doing is important work and and we're proud to recognize the teams that are doing well and we're proud to have the intelligence to help push the industry forward um you know we really do this so that we can push this industry into a better place uh and to continue to do better and so yeah we want to keep doing that and, and, and proud to be doing it
1: yeah i love it i love it congratulations to the team to all those that made the score and to again enabling hopefully with this research the industry To be a better version of itself, to invest in the right technologies, to enable this fan behavior, these fan engagement strategies, to move into the metaverse at some point, Web 3.0, that's all about interactivity. That is not about Mm -hmm. passively sitting back and getting content pushed on you. That's about enabling the consumer to do something, to be involved. And that ecosystem is coming, it's already here. But this hopefully, again, lays the foundational work for the sports industry to understand what they should be doing for that next opportunity on the horizon. So I don't know if you want to you're the meta expert too. Yeah. Any any closing thoughts there? I'll give you one more uh, one more shout one out. More on, closing
2: thought on the metaverse. The metaverse. Already,
1: that's it's already here, but like it's already
2: here. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's If you've got kids playing Roblox, you know what I'm talking about. It's it's already yeah, here but, in so but many ways. It's
1: not, is it in the sports industry? That's I really I no, think why I hope yet.
2: that's exactly I hope right. this
1: research says if you can do one, two, and three on those pillars, those strategic mm-hmm. pillars we laid out, again, strip away traditional revenue. The NFL is gonna crush it. They'll win every day. You know, again, yeah. that's what we look at. <laughs> strip all that out, different story. It's preparation for the future. It's preparation yeah. for the next opportunity, the metaverse obviously being the big one and on, oh, the, yeah. on, the, on the horizon. So um, yeah. yeah, thank you for your thinking and your leadership at Sports Innovation Lab, Abe. Oh, thank you for being thanks, on
2: man. my pod. Oh, I love it! Turn I love to it. the pod. Yeah, return to the pod. We're back. Turn yeah, we're to gonna write that pod. one. <laughs> Watch out! We're gonna have the we're gonna have the recording done before this release.
1: Oh man, that'll be our that'll be our jingle. We'll, there you go. Welcome to the new
2: one. Uh, thanks right. so much, Ange.
1: Thanks, Abe. Once again, big thanks to Abe Stein, our head of innovation at Sports Innovation Lab, for sharing all the insights behind this report. I want to also shout out. Takes a team everyone at my company for the hard work, a lot of methodology, a lot of collecting of data, cleaning data, analyzing the data to make this report possible. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Again, we're trying to be objective in what we do and what we recommend to the market. So shout out to my team for what they did.
0: Angela, it starts at the top. Everyone in our group really embodies your work ethic, your determination. So, you know, It's great to see this report, the feedback we've already seen, like I said, at the top of the show, it's causing clubs to think differently. And that's kind of the main point here. You know, we, like you said, objectively look at the market. We collected, analyzed the data, and we want teams to be able to think differently, know their fans better, and really understand how to create an innovative and memorable experience at the end of the day.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, there's no why
1: in team, right? There's no why. There's no one uh, last it's time I checked. Us. Yeah, I think
0: <laughs> there, there is a me if we juggle the letters a little bit. Hey, but, hey, hey. Yeah.
1: No, but but I think it's really important. Um, team effort to produce a but team effort to innovate. At the end of the day, again, revenue diversification, investing in right technologies and organizational agility are our th- key themes. But it's about really rethinking what your business is. Is it just a team or are you a platform now? Are you a data business? If you're going to move in that direction, your whole team has to be on board. Culture more than anything, right? Culture strategy for lunch, as I love to say. A lot of this is the the data we provided and insights were around the strategy of bringing fans into the funnel, keeping them in the funnel, growing their lifetime value. But again, you also need, I, I heard from this conversation, that cultural element and why we started scoring that today. And really it played an impact on the rankings, the final rankings. Who's... Literally set up for success in terms of their organization, having the right kinds of people thinking the right kind of way. That's long-term growth,
0: not short-term investment. Hundred percent agree. And is that your kind of main takeaway from this report, or is there something else that's jumped out at you? You know, we've had a great conversation with Abe, so appreciate him once again coming in, using his time to really give the the back end behind the scenes of the methodology. But if there's you know one takeaway you could leave to some of the teams out there that may not have made the list or someone that wants to improve their ranking, you know, what would that be?
1: Yep. Just to be fan-centric. That's the fluid fan. That's what we talk about on this pod. To be fan-centric, you have to really understand how to reach fans where they are, how they want to be talked to, where what platforms they're on. Revenue diversification is, is that, right? Technology Absolutely. investment is that. Having people that think like your fan because they look differently Is that. So again, it's putting the fan at the center. I couldn't really summarize a key takeaway other than is the fan literally at the center of your business model? Or again, I've worked for years, Jack, across sports. It's like, no, the athletes at the center. Nope. Nope. It's the ownership groups at the center. Nope. Nope. It's different stakeholders are at the center of the ecosystem. And I'm imploring the community to be innovative, yet your fan has to be at the center. Even as an informer athlete, I'd love that the athlete was at the center and I was the chair of the athletes commission on the ISC, but from a business perspective, this report is all about putting the fan at the center and giving you strategies to do that. So uh, that's my takeaway is your, is your fan ultimately the ones you're really building your business around or is it someone
0: else? Yeah. And honestly, I think athletes nowadays are thinking that way as well. They, they know that, Hey, I may be the one out there performing, but the people that are in the stands are helping get this uh, revenue and are really kind of building their own brands too. So I think athletes are thinking that way as well. Businesses and teams need to start doing so. And I think you hit the nail on the head.
1: Yeah, and those in the list are, they're already doing it. So we want to give them some love one more time. Congratulations if you made the list. Hard feet, fans are at the center of your business model, but let's keep pushing. That's what we do. If you haven't read the report again, mostinnovative.com. You can download it there. Reach out to us, ping me on Twitter, reach out to our company at Sports iLab or, or hit us up on our website. We'd love to hear
0: what you're thinking about. Jack, where can listeners follow you since you're a new voice to the equation here? You can follow me on Twitter at Jack Barlow underscore S-T-S. Barlow, exactly how it sounds, B-A-R-L-O-W. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. In case you forgot, my co-host here is a decorated Olympian. She's always pushing myself and our team to get better. So reach out, let me know how uh, we can help improve the show. And I'm excited to be a part of the new format, as I said, and just really excited to share some of the great, amazing interviews we have in store for everyone coming up. What's what's the STS on your, your Twitter handle? So that goes back to a podcast that I used to host myself back in college with a a friend of mine. Yeah. So it was learning something new. Yeah. Straight talk sports was the show I used to produce with my friends. So we talk uh,
1: sports on this. So, you know, occasionally,
0: right. Is that, is that, so you're going to bring your, you're going to bring your follows into this podcast. Oh, of course. Extensive network, Angela reaches (laughs) far beyond your you know, clientele and, and reach within the there industry. There we so will really see some boost from uh, well, let's my go. participation. Yeah. All right,
1: Jack. Well, we're excited you're part of this. Um Thanks again for listening. We love helping the industry. We're here for you. Reach out if the strategies underneath the top 25 report can be helpful to you. We're here again. Uh, we have got lots of data. Believe me, we've got hundreds and hundreds of rows and thousands of rows and all kinds of insights coming out of that. So we can be helpful to you. Reach out to us. But until I hear from you again, our next pod's going to drop next week. More frequently, we're going to be out there. Tell us who you want to listen to. Thanks again, Jack Barlow. I'm Angela Ruggiero. Uh, we'll see you next time on the Fluid Fan Podcast.